Hey, have you heard about popcultureclassroom.org? Pop Culture Classroom inspires a love of learning, increases literacy, celebrates diversity, and builds community through the tools of popular culture and the power of self-expression. That sounds awesome. Pop Culture Classroom envisions individuals transformed by the educational power of pop culture who create diverse, inclusive, and engaged communities, and they bring us Denver Pop Culture Comic Con. So... That's why you get these panels, these guests, these interviews, all of this programming that we offer through the BAC network. Other things that Pop Culture Classroom gives a shit about, quality service to kids and communities, respect, inclusiveness, and diversity, equality of opportunity, alternative approaches to education, recognizing each person's intrinsic dignity and importance, that's always good, and open communication, responsibility, and honesty. Does it sound like I'm reading that off their website? It's because I am. I want to get it right, because they deserve to get it right, and they deserve to have you go to their webpage, popcultureclassroom.org, and donate so that they can keep on trucking with their awesome mission to change the world through pop culture and literacy and education and etc. Right? 
talking about this back there. I said summer. And like, how many of these Q&As do you think we've done over the last 15 plus years? Like probably over 100. And it, it's, it's insane to me that you guys are still showing up. <laughs> really, because I know you probably heard all these stories that we're about to tell you. Like we still come and it means the world to us. So it's awesome. Thank you. So let's talk a little bit about, uh, well, okay, let's, let's maybe tell a story that maybe some of you have heard before, some of you haven't. I was doing a little reading about, um, I want to take you way, way back to the audition process, if that's okay. Way, way, way back. Um, so I was doing some reading on an anniversary of, of the show's premiere, and um, I read that actually when a lot of the cast went in and auditioned, there weren't really scripts. It was sort of outlines, like rough outlines. And, and maybe a couple lines here or there, but, but the vision was so clear with Joss. Like when he sat down with the cast, you guys knew that he knew what was going on, even if there weren't necessarily scripts. I was curious if you both could talk about if that's true and, and what you remember from the initial audition process. It's funny that you mentioned that because I was just talking about it, um, that I, when I moved recently, I found my audition pages. Wow. If I book the role, I keep the pages. If I don't, I throw them away. Uh -huh. Yeah. So I saw the pages and I thought, oh wow. I, I um, it was almost like being back in the room that that flood of, of uh, nausea. No, I mean excitement. <laughs> um, and I remember we didn't get a script, which now I mean I would I would be so uncomfortable going in and just reading without knowing. But there's something about the way that Joss writes that you feel immediately like you know that character. And I just didn't really need more than that. And uh, I actually auditioned for, I auditioned for a, uh, another job that he, he wasn't, he didn't end up, uh, he didn't end up directing it, but he had written the audition pages. And it was the same sort of thing. Like when I, it was one of those where you had to go in, you had to like sign, there's a lawyer there, you know, making sure you didn't talk about the project. And, so I didn't even get to look at the pages before I auditioned. And I looked at the pages and I just felt like ready to go. And I went in there and just did it. And I, I that's just, I think Joss is, it's just Joss. Yeah, he's very lyrical in his writing, right? So it's got a, a really nice rhythm to it almost right away. And that's why, you know, whenever we get the question of like, what did you guys improvise on set? Like nothing, honey. Like Joss, you know, wrote all of that brilliance, and we just got lucky enough to play those parts. But yeah, there was no script. My audition scene, uh, the first audition I had was just one scene, and it was the one with um, Book from the very first episode where uh, we meet Book, and I say, "You're gonna come with us." That makes me cry to think about it. Um, it does. It's ridiculous. I'm very hormonal today. <laughs> What's going on? It happens to the best of us. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, with that one, and then for my callback, I did that scene again, and I also did the scene where Kaylee has just been operated on, and she's really out of it, and Lindsay now comes to talk to her. And I say something about, oh, you're a nice man, or something like that. That's says, not an easy man. audition either. No. Yeah, it was, no. yeah, it was hard. And yeah. I still got the part. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. Auditioning for anything is super nerve-wracking, right? Like it's, and, and the, the room that we tested in was 
it was smaller than this, but it was tiered seating, so it was all mm -hmm. these executives from Fox just, you know, suits. staring. Faceless suits. Wondering if they want to put yeah. their, their investment in you. Uh -huh. So it's, a, it's a, always a strange thing, but Joss was sitting in the front, in the very front, eyes locked Beaming. on me. Beaming, yeah. Encouraging, yeah. you know? Um, so I just kept my focus on him and tried to not look at anybody else. So I, I recently did a rewatch uh, of, of the show and the movie, and one thing that stood out to me, sort of, first of all, it goes, I think it goes without saying that the show was in a lot of ways very ahead of its time, right? You don't build a fan base that is still showing up like this in full force. However many years after new episodes are being created, if you don't, you're not doing something right, okay? So that's the first thing. But one thing that really stood out to me was the, uh, the maybe gray area morality that we see of the characters. Now that's not a judgment, by the way, but it's just, it was, like for instance, they shoot people, you know what I mean? And, and Some people just heard that. I mean, <laughs> but I do think that, you know, like seeing, I guess because I am a Buffy fan and, 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 uh, and a Weedonite and for many years, Rewatching this was like, oh my gosh, this is a little grittier. This is a little, you know, and so I'm curious for you both being a part of, of that, you know, a cast or a crew, you know, that, that is, that are, that are a little bit more, you know, in the gray in terms of like, well, we're outlaws and we're rugged and this is what we're doing and we're on the run and gotta get down and dirty. It's kind of like, obviously Han Solo was a huge influence on, and Star Wars was a huge influence on this. And I mean, Han did shoot first. So like, you know what I'm saying? Um, but uh, can you ladies talk a little bit about, about that element of the show? Well, I mean, they all kind of did what they had to do, right? And, and I think the beauty of the show is the fact that these characters are so multifaceted. Uh, no one is good all the time. No one is bad all the time. Um, they all have these different elements that make them well-rounded characters that, that you've fallen in love with, right? That you feel are real or that you that see you part of real. yourself in. And they make mistakes mm -hmm. and they um, second-guess themselves and Mm -hmm. I think in, in the long run, most of them, maybe not Jane so much, but, um, <laughs> you know, do, do the right Somebody thing in it. the end, right? Like, Mal reluctantly does the right thing all the time, right? And he's like, God, no, I've got to return that medicine. <laughs> um, but, it, yeah, I, I, I think that the world had to be that way for them to appear as human as possible and for you to believe them to be well-fleshed-out characters, right? Yeah, yeah people, people often ask, too, about what it's like to play an, an empowered female character. And one thing that I like to, to point out about Joss's writing is that the way he writes women is empowered, and it's, it's elevated, and it's interesting. But he's not just writing a hero woman. He's writing a woman who could be a real woman who can can cry or can you know mess up like like River for instance uh, you know needed to be saved but then she could rise to the occasion and 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 step up to the plate when she needed to and and um, it's very it's so it's so fulfilling and and fun as an actor to to get to tackle a role like that yeah, yeah. first guys. Right.
Well, I'd like to follow up on that if I can, because as I was doing my, my rewatch, I kind of realized like River changes a lot from pilot episode to the end of Serenity. I mean, that is a journey. And, you know, when uh, when you first got that role, I mean, I would imagine that as a, as a person, as yourself, maybe you were in a different place when you started than perhaps when you, when you finished, you know, the Serenity. So I'm curious if you could talk about inhabiting a character that actually gets to grow and change and, um, and experience that kind of arc. Well, a question I get asked a lot is, how did you prepare to play River? And I, I, I want to tell people, you know, well, <laughs> I, uh, you know, studied for six months to decide how I wanted to play it. But again, I just looked at those two pages and I felt like there was just a part of me that, uh, that I knew who she was and she was me. And uh, I had never really worked before. Uh, I'd done one episode of Angel and I didn't really know how to be an actor. I was still, you know, dancing full time when I got cast in that role. That was when I said, you know, goodbye to my dancing friends and went on set and learned how to be an actor. And um, the 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 vulnerability and the 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 how can I say the the nervous energy and the excitement and the and the. Everything felt new to me, and I think that that really worked for that character in the beginning. And I just kind of let it all out, and it was very therapeutic for me, and my cast gave me a really safe place to to try things. And I was always trying things, you know. Um, the role was pretty unpredictable, and, and there were some things in it that... That's an empty statement. <laughs> <laughs> River was pretty unpredictable. <laughs> so, I just... And, and, and it was therapy for me, and then I, um, I felt like Joss was always just, you know, pushing me a little further out into the deep end to try new, new things, and, um, and I, was, I was so grateful for the film, it, 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 not only in my acting, but then also adding the physicality to it, which um, was really humbling, but in the end, after going through the process and, and being given the chance to do those fights myself um, was such a such a privilege. Yeah, it was, a, it was just an incredible role. It's a gift. Um, for both of you ladies, so uh, this is a show, you know, one of the reasons that I uh, am a big Joss Whedon, a fan of the Whedon brand, right, which I think is seen throughout most of his work, um, is that, you know, for instance, to take Buffy, like Buffy came at a time where it wasn't necessarily cool to write a subversive female, you know, lead that can be funny and a valley girl, but also kick ass and have like real feel, real emotions and and a real journey. And then with Firefly, I'm see I see you know women who are you know I'm seeing um, uh, women who are doing maybe traditional male roles like the mechanic of the ship, and I'm seeing diverse casting you know, because these actors are phenomenal. But I think that that really contributes to why the show has resonated and, and because uh, these are no, to me as a fan, these are no brainers, right? Like we, we all wanna see ourselves reflected on the screen, but this is a conversation we're having now in terms of like, yeah, we should have more women, you know, out front. We should have more diverse casting. We should be, you know, pushing this to the forefront. And Firefly and Serenity was doing it 
a long time ago. So for you all, you know, is that, has that part of the legacy sort of stood out to you or, or made an impact on you as you sort of reflect about what the show has become? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, looking back and thinking about the legacy and thinking, you know, when you say things like it was ahead of its time and all that, um, it just kind of makes me sad, to be honest, and frustrated because I think if the show had started now, it would really have had such a bigger chance of success. Um, you know? It's too bad. And it, it's great now that there are all these other platforms that are allowing these really quirky, fun uh, shows to have a, a home. Um, but it, you know, for us, I think it's just a bittersweet thing, right? Because um, we we do know we're well aware we, we always were. Yeah. Yes, we had something special all along. We knew that, and um, it was a really sad and frustrating thing to have that come to such an abrupt end. So that's that's sort of all I think about. And, you know, I think about how how great it would be to see it on television now. How much how much weight it still holds and how relevant it is, you know? The concepts of it are so relevant right now. Um, <laughs> I'll behave myself. <laughs> yeah, don't behave. Come on, we're all friends here. This is true. This is true. So, um, I, I'm curious, this is, and, and I don't mean this to be a leading question, but I was, I was, I was writing things and doing a little bit of research, I thought to myself, you know, um, if, if you all were uh, auditioning for this show now, what, and, and what role would you guys want to play? Would you want to stick with the one that, you, I mean, you know, there, there are no rules, like, you know, forget about time and place and all that, but like, would you still want to play your roles or would you see a role and you're like, now, in this day, today, I would want to be now, or I would want to be this. No, I'm sticking with my girl. Okay. <laughs> For me, that's a really interesting question because like we were saying earlier, I feel like it was that, that role at that time in my life and I wonder, you know, if the show did come back, how would I approach this character that was such an important part of my sort of moving from childhood into womanhood and um, I'll be honest, I always kind of wanted to be Wash. Yeah. <laughs> for you all. Um, so, I believe uh, there are areas for you guys to line up. Uh, great, okay, so just, um, you know, be thinking about what you wanna ask and, um, and feel free to, to start lining up as, as you please. Don't, don't hurt me, buddy. Um, <laughs> we've still got time, and I wanna make sure that everybody has a chance to ask questions if they want to. Um, so, uh, We're here all day. So. <laughs> um, one other thing, so if I could take take you guys back to the, um, you touched on it a little bit, but 
as I was reading, you know, past interviews and things like that, one word that kept coming up was underdog. Um, and uh, and I'm curious, you know, if you guys have any memories or or you know specific examples of, of you know being like what it felt like to know that you're like, wow, I'm on this really cool genre blending, awesome weird show. Um, this might not last. We feel like underdogs, and, and you're going to set every day, and you're working. Like, were, were you all as aware of that as maybe hindsight sort of leads, led me to believe when I was doing some reading, or not? I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think any of us knew what was going on. We were told by the, the people upstairs um, that no one was watching our show. <laughs> And our ratings were dismal. I mean, we were on Friday nights at eight, which is like nice working with you time slot. And airing um, episodes out of order, I'm sure. Yeah, and then they're getting preempted for baseball games and all kinds of stuff. And they they were in love with this show called Fastlane, um, that was like their baby. So they were pumping all this money into Fastlane. And I remember driving home from set one night and passing the red carpet premiere party for Fastlane on Sunset, and I was like, oh no. <laughs> This does not mean good things for us. Well, it's exciting. Why didn't we get one? Yeah, why were they at the premiere party? That's interesting. Um, so we we really had no idea. But I got a memory for you. Do you remember the first convention we went to? It was me, you, and Nathan. It was in the UK in Blackpool. Remember? They lost my luggage. I had to go to H&M. And, um, and we were invited to this thing. It was, it was a Buffy convention. and. We all thought like, okay, it's a convention. I've never done one of those, but all right, let's go. And we thought we would just be wallpaper at the Buffy convention, which is fine. Um, and we got there and there were all these people dressed up like us. <laughs> and that was the first inkling that, oh, someone was watching the show. <laughs> right? Yeah, and then it just snowballed from there. And we realized we had this like underground fandom that was growing and fighting like hell for us. And um, it was immensely gratifying. Because you know, like Fastlane doesn't have conventions. <laughs> and they were And they were canceled shortly thereafter. They also canceled Fastlane. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, that was kind of like almost the beginning of the ride that we've been on. Because Firefly was, it, it was like, it was, we were in it and it was intense, but it was over. But then we got so on the quick. ride yeah. and it was, it's lasted 15 years. And yeah, it's, it's been a ride, guys. <laughs> we've been in the fast lane. We've been. <laughs> <laughs> to go to Blackpool. I had never been overseas. That was a big okay. deal for me. I, that was... We've like seen the world together, kind of. Like, <laughs> so beautiful, guys. Thank you. Crazy. Really exciting. So let's go ahead and open it up. Let's, let's take a, let's start with a question right over here. Hello, can you hear me? Chad. My name is Chad. Love you guys so much. Uh, it must have been absolutely incredible working for Joss. Just amazing. I'm a big Buffy fan from way back. My question, trying to think of something maybe never been asked, but we'll see. 
Was there any ever a fear that uh, in one of the episodes, Joss would make you sing? Oh, that's a good question. Didn't he threaten that once upon a time? Yeah. It was definitely, a, I think, a plan to, because he's so musical. He loves to. Yes. He loves to bring it in when he can. But yeah, I feel like we talked about that. I feel like we talked about that. There were lots of plans. Thank you for your question. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Who's next? Go ahead, yeah. Oh, over here. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Hello. Hi. Yes, let's go. Um, I just wanted to thank Jewel for a uh, donation she gave to our auction for R2KT. You reached out. Did got it go well? Uh, the auction is tonight, actually. Okay. But I wanted to thank you for the donation anyway. My pleasure. And then, totally awesome. The other thing was, have you ever heard of uh, any regret from the execs about them canceling the show years later? That's a good question, actually. No. <laughs> Jewel. Yeah. <laughs> Who's next? Hi, my name is Danny, and thank you so much for giving us Firefly. It's, I mean, if it still means so much to so many of us. Us too. So, <laughs> okay, so my question is, and funny, it's funny, Summer, that you said you wanted to be washed because at the end of Serenity, you kind of were. <laughs> So, that leads me to my question, had we not had Firefly ripped so abruptly from our lives and souls, and had it been able to go forward, where do you, and this is like either one of you can answer this, where would you have liked to see it go? So like we're Shepherd bookless, we're washless, but where would you have flown off to? Like what would have been the next thing? Let's hear about those plans. Those secret plans. Well, like, what would you like to have seen happen with that? Because you changed roles, basically. You're kind of a co-pilot, and you're a badass. And, you know, you're Kaylee. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a badass in her own right, but, like, what would you have gone on, you know, being rascals and, you know, stealing where you needed to steal, or would things change a little bit after all that happened? Gosh, I don't know. It'd be nice to revisit other villains, you know, that we had in the past. That would be fun, right? Um, I just wanted to, to have a baby. I just thought that Kaylee would be such a good mama, and Sean and I were very much on board with having babies. Yeah. Well, but one of our favorite ideas was actually the Shepherd book backstory. That, so I mean, that was, that still gives me chills. That was probably one of the things that I most, most wish, wish we could have explored. The way that Joss writes is like, there's, there's, there's so much backstory for each character, but you have to get him in the right mood. You have to get him at the right moment. To, to, to get him to, to say anything. He's pretty, um, pretty secretive about that. And um, yeah, I would have loved to see that. And you know, I hope that we still would have been like barely eking by because that was kind of the charm of it is, mm -hmm. you know, just taking jobs wherever we can get them and, and save each other week to week and um, be dysfunctional family. That's, that's what yeah. I would hope for. Thank you. Yeah. 
that over here. How did you feel about Alan Tudyk's representation of your characters in Conway? <laughs> what representation of our characters? Do you think about this? I... No. No. <laughs> Sounds like I have some watching to do. <laughs> character when Mal was broken in the Battle of Serenity that he sort of subliminally you know lost part of himself and that he had surrounded himself built a crew that sort of externally represented the parts of himself that were missing and how did you see your characters and does that sort of feel like it fills a void in him you know I you know loyalty or compassion I mean Kaylee always seemed like a soul to me so how do you see yourself as filling that position Wow. Um, I mean, I was the pain in the butt who never wanted. He <laughs> <laughs> like, wanted you in the end. He, you know, he advocated for you. Maybe not so much Simon. I was all about your brother. <laughs> Simon's loyalty. I guess so. Yes. Yes. Um, um, we were talking a little earlier about those gray areas, and to me, Kaylee always felt like a moral compass. You know, yeah. she, she felt like that center of this group. Yeah, well, she was love, right? And, and um, was very honest about her love and wore her heart on her sleeve. So I, I think um, maybe she represented hope for him. I'd say, yeah, hope. That's good, thanks. How about over here on this side? First of all, ladies, it's fantastic that you're here in Denver with us. Who are you dressed as? Just <laughs> <laughs> kidding. I yesterday, so I had to do this today. But I had just kind of a funny little, like, have you thought about how does Kaylee get in and out of her crew quarters in her pink puffy dress? <laughs> <laughs> I think you've stumped, have we stumped you? Yeah, I mean, that's a plot hole right there. <laughs> Dress doesn't fit in a bathroom stall. <laughs> I know. <laughs> did you ever? Did you want to keep the dress? Absolutely any? not. <laughs> the, dress is, the dress was not. No, the dress was rather destroyed at the end of it all. Like it was just mangy at the end there. And like I said, it was just really difficult to sit and be and yeah, yeah. It was a diva dress. But you looked right. so good in it. I loved it for 15 minutes. I loved the heck out of it. I was like, oh, this is going to be a problem. Yeah. <laughs> All right, how about over here? Thank you so much for being here. And I apologize to everyone, and especially to all, because I didn't know that you were having such a hormonal day when you came up with this question. But could you share with us your favorite memory of Ron? Especially with this going on in the other, in the 
in the other room. So. <laughs> Can't pass. Oh god. Well, in that vein, one of my favorite memories is doing a panel with Ron. Ron was hilarious in panels because he was a man of few words, right? He'd like be doing this group panel or whatever. And um, uh, Nathan, you know, sort of runs the show, I guess. Um, and was like feeling the questions and, and doing a great job and you know he, he goes off on these tangents and is like that reminds me of that you know that moment in that episode where da 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 and you go oh yeah and we like talk about it, whatever and you go on to the next question and he go that reminds me of another anecdote from this other episode so he's like talking you know in detail about the show because Nathan has watched the show many times <laughs> and, uh, you know knows a lot about it okay <laughs> and um, and Ron sort of sitting there like looking like this. Ron is a very sarcastic sense of humor. Okay, very. And he said, you know, he sort of throws a question at Ron. He's like, don't you think, Ron? Remember that part of that episode? And Ron goes, I have no idea what the hell you people are talking about. It's <laughs> <laughs> one of the only things he said the panel. And we just died laughing. I also remember on the, the, our very last day, the last scene we shot, and they called rap, and we all, you know, looked at each other like, wow, this is it. Ron was the first one to burst into really ugly sobs. <laughs> My money was not on Ron. <laughs> Break apart like that, but... Yeah. Full of surprises. Summer, did you have anything? Well, it, it, one of my favorite memories was when we were in the, um, we were in the infirmary, we were, it was really late at night, and we were getting punchy, and, um, you know, it's getting to that point where you get the, the tired giggles, and people start messing up their lines, and it's like, you know, we've got to get home, and, and, um, you and, you and Marina were, <laughs> were trying to, sure. yeah, y'all, y'all were, y'all were being really funny, and, um, <laughs> And Marina was like, oh, I just, I can't even walk anymore. This dress is so heavy, I can't step over the threshold. And, and Ron goes, well, pick that bitch up. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I just tell myself, pick that bitch up. <laughs> Thank you, Ron. Love you. I love it. He would give Marina such a hard time, all the time. She, she you know, come and accept this beautiful gown on, right? She'd like waltz into the set, and he would always have a one-liner for her. I remember like she walked in looking lovely, and he looks at her and he goes, what is this, a carnival? <laughs> That's a great question. Thank you for that question. How about over here? Hi guys, my name is Jeff. Uh, welcome to Denver. Thank you. You're welcome. And uh, the question I had for you guys, this is for both of you. Um, which of the first, what were the most uh, favorite episodes that each of you enjoyed filming? Filming? Yeah. Enjoyed or watching two different things. Even filming and watching, actually. Either. I liked objects in space because I got to be there every day and, um, and Josh directed it. And it was, it was kind of like a, it was, it was surreal for me because it was like a dream inside of a dream. I felt like, I, I felt like it was a dream come true when I was in on set and I was with, with Joss and, and getting to do this and then the episode was was just so beautiful and dreamlike and, and fun, yeah. That's that is a beautiful episode. Um, I would say 
like the message, even though it was our last one. Yeah, I don't know, because sort of like the band-aid was ripped off and we knew our fate and sort of worrying about it every day, you know? Um, and then we just treated it like, I remember Nathan saying, well guys, we've got a few more days left, so let's just make the most of it. Let's have fun. And we did. We just had a lot of fun that week. A lot of margaritas as well. <laughs> Did it? No. I missed out on a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, no, I remember. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, it was bittersweet, but I remember having a lot of fun with that one. That over here. So I think a lot of us in this room share the bittersweetness that you all have about. Um, the legacy that's left by Firefly because we wish we just had more of that, but it has touched so many different genres um, since then. So I was sort of curious, either in terms of yourselves as just fans, or in terms of shows that you've been able to go be a part of since then, um, what shows um, have you enjoyed uh, being a part of as fan or cast that have a little bit of that same Firefly magic or, or, or inheritors of that? Oh, I mean, that magic is, is uh, that's, that's hard to replicate, first of all. That was a special one. Um, but I know that a lot of opportunities have come our way because of Firefly. I know the reason I, I got Stargate was because of Firefly. <laughs> because the writers and producers had Firefly. So, you know, I, because of Firefly, I got to live out four more years on an amazing show. and. and introduced to that fandom as well so um yeah yeah i don't know it's cool to see little tidbits of firefly pop up in other shows though if i may interject when i was doing my rewatch last week a lot of stuff with river is showing up in stranger things with oh, yeah, a little bit like there's the room, like the blank room, there's a lot of the same, like, and I, and, and listen, we all, as creators and, and fans, we all borrow, we're all fans of so many different things, but that was something that I had not put to, like, connected, and then I was doing this rewatch, and I was like, oh, well, hello, I've seen, you know, like, this is, this is out there right now, this is a very much influenced Stranger Things, like, absolutely, which I thought was cool. <laughs> The best things I saw was the other day, um, one of my friends was showing me that some of the cast of Arrow was singing the theme song from Firefly on YouTube. And it was one of the moving, most moving things I've ever seen. It was really beautiful, and they are good singers. Yeah, y'all gotta check that out. Yeah. They do those musical episodes, too. All right, so uh, we, we have time for one question. We've got this last question, but it's gotta be fast, okay? Because they're gonna kick us off the stage. Oh, sweet girl. Hi there. I wasn't trying to rush you. Hi. Hi. My name is River. Um, <laughs> um, and um, my question is, how old were you guys when you um, first filmed your first episode of <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm turning 25 tomorrow, so. <laughs> 
did the movie, I guess I was 21, 22. Mm -hmm. I remember, I turned 22 on the set. They had, had the cake came out. Summer, what the heck? You're still looking good, girl. If you like this, check out some of our other shows like Exotic Liability, No Applause, Just the Clap, and Black Falls. We can be found at www.bacnpodcast.com and by searching for The BACN on Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play.